Okay, welcome to a Sideways Life podcast. Uh, this is season three, episode four. Uh, I'm Al Elliott. And I'm Leanne Elliott. Sorry, talked over <laughs> you. Sorry. Um, <laughs> and, um, and the whole point of the Sideways Life podcast, as you probably know by now, is to showcase those people who live life a little bit differently, just a little bit sideways. Um, and so today we've got a really, really... Um, this is actually a rehash... Throwback. Throwback is the cool word um, of an episode we, the, we did on an interview I did uh, way back about two years ago when we were on Gili Trawangan near um, Bali, a little island. And so uh, Leanne's going to go back through the interview and we're going to listen to it again and give our uh, give our thoughts now two years on on through the, through the what do they always say when they were being fancy? Through the something, through the optic, through the lens. lens that's the word I'm thinking of, of a sideways life. So Leah, talk us through it. So it was April 2019. We were lucky enough to spend um, four weeks in Indonesia. We did a few days in Bali and then we left as soon as possible. And we went to the gorgeous island of Lombok. Um, sorry, Bali. Uh, Lombok and then to the Gili Islands, Gili Trangin and Gili Meno. Um, if anyone has been to that part of the world, you know, you don't need me to say anything. Uh, for those of you who haven't, um, jump online, Google it, look at our Instagram. It is paradise. Mm-hmm. Um, so imagine our surprise when we're on Gilly Troangan and we meet a Canadian couple who have founded their own tiki bar on the island. And then we ended up, um, we bonded over some music. What was it? Was it the Crash Test Dummies or something? Or? That's it. <laughs> I think so. I think so. And we got talking and uh, and they kindly enough agreed that we could go back and do an interview the, the following day, which we did. So we did. Well, Al did. Um, so Al spoke to Tommy and Catherine Milburn from Tiki Grove um, about their their lives, their experiences on the island, running a business there. Um, so yeah, so today we're going to play back some clips from that episode um, just to remind ourselves. And as Al said, them through the lens of a side of his life, comment, commentary, I believe they call it, Alistair. Is that right? <laughs> I don't know. Got your full name me. <laughs> she never calls me Alistair. Are you ready? Yes, I'm ready. So our first clip is going to be talking about how they find themselves on Gilead Trangan. It seems like a sensible place to start. Hmm. So how did you get here? What's your story of getting here? Shipwreck. <laughs> um, no, we came out here on our honeymoon and we were fortunate enough to meet an Indonesian that actually lived for years where I grew up in Canada. So we knew a lot of the same people. And Catherine and I, on our honeymoon, were actively looking to leave Canada, live somewhere tropical. And uh, it just worked out that we met Eddie, and he was doing business here, and he was looking for investors. And we started out with him with a totally different business, um, which is now sold. And yeah, it's, it's done. It was a wonderful, wonderful entry to the island. Uh, but it opened up a lot of doors for us and it allowed us to, several years later, open up Tiki Grove. It's funny how these things sort of happen that um, you go on holiday somewhere and then you go, actually, this is where I want to live. Didn't we do the similar thing? We, When we first started our journey out looking to, to, to move out of the UK, it was about 2009. We went to Nice, France for my mum's, I won't say what Dijon. birthday. Sorry, Dijon, yes. I won't say what uh, what number birthday is. Um, but we went for a birthday and then just were sitting in the square reading a newspaper and realising the local, you get an apartment twice the size of our apartment in Manchester, 
for about 300 euros and we were paying about 600 quid at the time for an apartment in Manchester. Mm. Um, so it's kind of it's kind of weird how these things happen, isn't it? I think you're right. And I think that's where, you know, people started to get an itch is maybe if they're on a holiday or then they're just somewhere you think this would be nice. This would be a nice life. Um, and I'm not, I'm not surprised at all that, that Tommy and Catherine felt that way on Gilly Tea. Beautiful place. Yeah. Gorgeous. So, um, and, and in terms of that, um, I went on to chat to Tommy and Catherine about the main differences between Bali, Lombok and the Gili Islands. I think everyone has heard of Bali, mm. understands what it is, what it's like. Uh, we hadn't really heard of Lombok. Um, I can't remember if I'd heard the Gillies, maybe like honeymoon destination type thing. I think our friend Steph had been to Gili she M, did, she? did, yeah, for her honeymoon. Um, so, yeah, so I think it's quite an interesting insight from somebody who who lives it. If you're considering a trip to Indonesia um, at some point in the future and you want to look at Bali, Lombok and Gili, uh, then Tommy's about to explain the main differences. So out of interest, what are your, what do you think are the main differences between Bali and the Gilis and Lombok? Well, I think uh, like religion's a big thing for sure. Um, Bali is still Hindu and Buddhism, whereas the rest of Indonesia, I mean, this is the largest Muslim country in the world by population. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's the fourth largest country in the world. It is 90% Muslim. So Bali is kind of that standalone in the middle that retained a different religion. There is still pockets of Christianity and Catholicism and everything else. Uh, but yeah, uh, Lombok tends to be very, very Muslim. Um, I've heard more mosques per capita than anywhere in the world. Um, and that doesn't affect the tourism too much. I think the biggest thing is that Bali has had tourism for about 70 years, whereas Lombok has had tourism for about 30 and a mild form of tourism. Uh, Gili Chowangan tends to be an extension of Bali, but it's not. It is part of Lombok. A lot of people think we are a part of Bali when yeah. they get here, when they arrive. Because most people yeah. go to Bali. And they travel from Bali to get here. Um, but we are Lombok. Mm-hmm. So it, it, it is not Bali. Um, and I, I just think, yeah, it's, it's just, it, it's a lot more, I don't, I, I don't know how to say it. It's more laid back here. Mm-hmm. There's not, uh, tourism's a very new thing out here. It doesn't feel like it when you come to the island because this island is entirely 100% tourism. But I, I don't think we're that good at it yet. <laughs> I think we're getting there. And I think that's part of the charm is that this place is a little harder to get to um, than the rest of Bali. Uh, yeah, it, it's definitely just, it's a few years behind for sure. I have to admit I'd forgotten that, that I asked that question mm. and I'd forgotten about the answer. It's, um, I mean, that's quite incredible that, first of all, it's the fourth largest country in the world. Is that what he said? Yeah. I had no idea. Well, no. obviously, I must have known, but <laughs> at the time. But uh, yeah, that's pretty impressive. And then, obviously, the the Muslim um, population was uh, again a bit of a surprise. Absolutely, and I think I think as well, it's you're choosing to move to a Muslim country mm-hmm. to open a bar. Mm. I think that seems somewhat counterintuitive. Mm-hmm. But uh, funnily enough, that's what you asked him next. Yeah. Should we listen to the answer? Nice segue. Thank you. Oh, absolutely. Well, on Gili Shirwangan, we're fairly lucky. We, there's, there, 
we, they sell beer everywhere here. But yeah, it's um. Lombok so much. Yeah, Lombok. So, so we're we're the tourist hub for all of Lombok, even though we're these tiny little islands, and Lombok is just a beautiful place. We are the tourist hub right here, um, so we have a little bit more access to um, spirits and drinks and things like that. But it is very tough getting quality import spirits into this country. Um, very we, yeah, we've we don't always have access to the same import products. So for us to sell plantation rum. Uh, or, you know, Nusa Kenya, which I, I talked to you about this the other day. It's, it's an Indonesian rum, but they blend it outside of the country. So to bring it back in, it becomes an import, and it becomes really difficult for them to get it back into the country. Mm-hmm. So that is something that we deal with. We can't... We've got a really good selection right now. Our selection could be so much better if it was... If, we, if there was consistency in being able to bring the product in. But we don't know if we're going to be able to get some of the products next month. We'll always get something. Mm-hmm. We just don't know what we'll always be able to get. And a different price as well. Yeah, prices price so just... Prices change all the time. Yeah. yeah. A few years ago, prices tripled overnight. Yeah. Uh, and it was a government saying, we're just doing this for the time being and we'll switch it back. Well, <laughs> why would anyone switch it back when everyone got used to paying that money? <laughs> so, so it is, you know, you come to Asia because you want it to be... People come here because it's cheap. Everything's cheap. But alcohol in Indonesia is not cheap, especially import stuff. It's very expensive. It's, it's, we're from Canada where import alcohol has so much tax put on top of it that all the Americans across the border think it's insane. Well, here it's even worse. Mm-hmm. Um, a bottle of Jack Daniels that would be $20 in America would be $50 in Canada is $110 in Indonesia. So, wow. It's, uh, it's something you need to think about as a bar owner that when you're selling cocktails, especially like we do here at Tiki Grove, we've got to figure out a way to price them properly so that people still drink them and enjoy them. But you've got to figure out how to make money off of it too. So that must be really difficult if you, A, your spirits cost like 40 times more, no, 10 times more than it would in, 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 in another country. And B, you don't know whether you're going to be paying 100 dollars for a bottle of Jack Daniels or 200 depending on the week you know on, on each week definitely and I think that's what is is quite the the daunting thing isn't it about having a business that somewhere isn't your your home country or mm. speak your native tongue it's navigating changes like that that can happen very quickly and very unexpectedly mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. we actually chatted to Tommy and Catherine a little bit more about what it was like running um, a business in Indonesia as an expat so should we uh, have a little listen back to that? Mm. Is it difficult to run a business over here as an expat? Like I know in Thailand, you certainly, sometimes you have to, you can't own property, you have to own it through a national yeah. or something. Yeah, we, same thing, we own through a local and that's our friend Eddie, who we were so, so fortunate to meet and and uh, have someone that you trust. Uh, that, that's the biggest thing. You, you do hear the nightmare stories about people buying through a local and the local decides they just want to own it and you lose your money. And mm-hmm. that does happen. It does happen. It's not, it doesn't happen a lot, but it does. Um, the nice thing about living on Gili Shawangan is that all the people that have done it before us are really giving with their information. It was one of the things that drew us to this island was we had questions with no answers. 
um, and everyone that was already doing what we wanted to do, they, they, don't, they don't hold on to that information. They give it to you freely. They want you to do well. And I think that's one of the biggest things that most of the business owners here understand is that the business is not Tiki Grove. The business is not Manta Dive. The business is not the Irish Bar. The business is Gili Trawangan. And if we are all doing well, then we all do well. Mm -hmm. So when Catherine and I came here, not knowing anybody but Eddie, uh, all the expats, which are mostly UK expats, um, when we came to them and said, you know, who do we talk to for building? Who do we talk to for plumbing? Uh, they all had multiple answers and nobody held back. Everybody wanted us to do well. That was the greatest thing about living here was just you told everyone, hey, we're going to commit to this. We're going to do this on this island. And they went, that sounds like a great idea. How can we help you? And that's been the coolest thing. I, you know, you don't... In Vancouver, we always want to help the businesses around us for sure. But you don't give that information so freely. Mm-hmm. Whereas here... It's hard to do it. And everyone that's done it here, if they believe in you, they'll give you that information. They'll help you out. Brilliant. Yeah. There, there's no competition on the island. We realize that Gili Chawangan is the business that we need to make the good business. Tiki Grove is secondary. If the island's doing well, we we're, we're going to do well. I mean, the one thing to bear in mind is obviously that Tequila Chorangan is, you can walk around it in an hour, can't you? Yeah, it's teeny tiny. It's teeny tiny, but there is, I mean, there's a lot of competition, I suppose, and it's it's really heartening to hear um, that, you know, the locals and the expats are helping other businesses to potentially become competitors, even though they don't really see each other as competitors. Um, it, it is really cool. And one of the things that we, you know, the tenants, the three tenants, tenants of our uh, of our sideways life is uh, community, remote work and um, travel. And that obviously is showing you that the community there is pretty amazing. Absolutely. And I love that. I love that the business is Gilly Trawangan. Mm. And I think it's such an important, important thing. You know, the more people that come to the island, the more business there is for everybody. Not one bar can host every tourist. There needs to be you know, different bars and restaurants and places to go. Um, I just think that's such a good philosophy. You know, share your knowledge, share your information. Don't hoard it. Um, I don't know. I think if you hoard anything, it starts to go stale, doesn't it? You need to you need to put it out there. Um, I also loved in that, at the end of that clip, uh, you could hear the bells. Mm. For anyone who hasn't been to the, the Gilly Islands, they're, um, they're motor-free, so no cars, uh, no motorbikes, nothing that is engine-powered apart from the boats. Um, so those bells are actually the horses and carriages that are the taxis of the island. <laughs> so much fun. Which are fun and also a little bit frightening. In the dark. Times. Yes, yeah. It, yeah, they go up little roads which are barely big enough to fit the, the horse and cart down. And Oh, and I bang my head as well getting out. So. <laughs> you, you bang your head on everything. That's true. I think there's a single country we've been to where I haven't banged my head somehow. Absolutely. Um, so, yeah, I love that. I love that about community. And I think that's something that definitely came across um, speaking to Tom and Catherine uh, was the community. Before we delve into that a little bit more, though, uh, do you remember the founder story on the menus at Tiki Grove? Something about um, shipwreck. 
Sure is. So um, we didn't we didn't tell this story in our previous podcast, so we'll tell it now so you know what we're talking mm. about. Uh, but I think what's really cool about what Tommy talks about here is about creating a brand. You know, it's not just creating a business, it's creating a, a brand and movement, something for people to follow. Um, so if you're interested in taking a look at it yourself, you'll find it on the Tiki Grove Facebook page. Would you like to read it out, Alan? You have a, you have a storytelling voice. Do I? Yeah. Does it mean it puts, puts people to sleep? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Tommy was a rum smuggler in the South Pacific. This is Tommy Milburn, the guy who owns uh, or the co-owns the bar. So Tommy was a rum smuggler in the South Pacific until one day his ship was caught in a massive tropical storm. When the storm cleared, all that was left was Tommy and a floating cask of his finest rum. After floating for several days, Tommy spotted something on the horizon. As he swam his cask of rum closer, he realised it was a beautiful woman. Catherine was a trader sailing the South Seas in search of fine spices and tropical foods. Her ship was lost in the same storm, and she spent the last few days floating on a raft of green coconuts and hand-carved tiki god, and a hand-carved tiki god that had been given to her as a gift by Polynesian islanders. Together they drift for months, quickly learning that in order to survive they needed to be with each other. Then one day they finally spotted it land. They quickly paddled their way to the white, sandy shores of Gili Trawangan, but once they were there, they realised they had no money, only the wares they floated in on. So they did what any smart couple whose only worldly goods were fresh coconuts, fine rum and a tiki god would do. They opened a tiki bar and the rest is history. I love that. Brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. It's on the on every menu, I think. You said that, didn't you? On every yes. menu. Yeah, it's on the menu still, yeah. Um, and it's, uh, it's just cool. Like you say, it's building a brand and you remember it because you go, oh, are these are the guys who had that cool thing on the menu. Absolutely, absolutely. It's what you become remembered for. I think it gives people a story to tell when they're, you know, someone someone asks them, "Have you been in any cool bars on the island?" Like that's the first one that's gonna mm. gonna stand out. And you know, this was no this was no mistake. Tommy and Catherine are savvy business people. Um, so when we asked them about their their founder story, this is what they had to say. Did you just come up with it and sit down and write it after a few rums? What was, what was the story? No, you know what? Uh, the original guys that started Tiki Bars in the 1930s, there was Don the Beachcomber and there was Trader Vic, and they both created these giant uh, personas behind what they had done. And it was, it was dinner theater. Everything was fake. They created this world that nobody could check up on, and, and people wanted to believe it. I mean, it's escapism. That's what tiki bars are. It's to take you to the tropics. We're, we're lucky enough that we're in the tropics while we're doing it. But most tiki bars are in, in concrete jungles in the, the basement of a hotel. Uh, and these guys did that. Don the Beachcomber and Trader Vic created these fake stories and they stood in their bars saying, I had a ship and I plied the South Seas and I sold rum and traded spices and they were full of shit. <laughs> they were completely lying. But it was to the the customers don't want to know that you're lying. The customers want to think that this is, and this could happen to anybody. And so that's what we did when we started building our tiki bar. I said, why don't we create our own mythology as well? We're gonna do it so tongue in cheek that everyone will look at it and go, okay, obviously this isn't real. But God, I wish it was real. So that's what we did. We wrote a story about how we ended up here. Uh, that has to do with shipwrecks and floating on a raft of coconuts. And it's all 100% absolutely true. <laughs> One of my favorite parts of the interview that I think you can see, hear the passion in his voice. And um, and he's so knowledgeable about stuff. Like he mentioned two people there, um, um, 
Trader Vic and someone else. And he just mentioned them just off the cuff. And you ask him anything about rum or tiki or history or anything like that. And he's so knowledgeable. Yeah. Yeah. They're both so passionate about mm. the business that they've built, the, the community that they've built it in. Um, yeah, they're an incredibly inspiring couple. And I think another example of people who would, you know, take the risks and are brave and and want to live life a bit differently. So they've made it happen. You know, mm. it hasn't just happened. They've worked really hard for that. And it wasn't without um, without problems either, was it? No, it's not. Um, poor, poor, you know, the area of Lombok in Indonesia has been hit so, so hard over the past few years. Um, you know, it goes without saying the impact of, of COVID on the tourism industry worldwide has been catastrophic. Uh, before that, Lombok had to deal with the aftermath of uh, the earthquakes. They did make the um, the international news, um, so I think I think maybe lots of people have, have heard of them. Um, but as Tommy explains, they they were quickly um, uh, quickly what's the right word taken out of the news again usurped. <laughs> usurped yeah by other by other stories which may have been a blessing um as he explains um so should we listen to tommy's experience mm. of, of the earthquake well it was it was a pretty big deal over here it was absolutely it um it did make international news um it was on bbc it was on cnn it, it was a massive earthquake it was a 7.0 um and that, that's mentioning one. It wasn't just one earthquake, unfortunately. It was a series of earthquakes. We had two 7.0s. We had at least 20 that were above 6.5. Uh, it was a terrible time for this place. Uh, because we are still a little off the beaten path, it got into international news. And a few days later, a bridge collapsed in Italy. And we went out of the headlines, and that went into the headlines. Mm. Um... I'll say this very sadly it was a good thing for us it took us out of the headlines and a lot of people don't know what happened here this industry this this place that we live in the industry is tourism and that crushed tourism for months I mean we had to close the island for one month there were no fast boats coming to and from it wasn't safe it was non-stop aftershocks it was just not a good place to be but we need those tourists. We need them back. And this is why I say the bridge collapsing in Italy was obviously horrible for them, good for us, because we left the news cycle right away. And people that were looking at booking a trip two, three months down the road didn't know what happened here. So uh, it was a devastating time. It was a terrifying time for everyone who lived here because it just didn't stop. And it, you know, it's, it's not like bad weather where you can predict that it's coming. It just, you just didn't know. You'd wake up to it, you'd be having coffee in the afternoon, the ground would start shaking. There was a lot of, uh, a lot of panicked runs <laughs> to open spaces. Um, but this island, my God, man, watching this place come back together was just inspirational. All of the expats, all of the locals that live on this island, the government really didn't do much for us at all. We put this place back together. The people that live here, the people that are residents of Gili Chowang and got together and every day put on their running shoes and their work gloves and they got sledgehammers and went out and started knocking down stuff that needed to get knocked down and supporting things that needed to get supported. And we all threw money into a bucket to get excavators here and trucks 
and in less than a month, we got fast boats coming back to this island and bringing customers back to the island. And it was, it was, it was inspirational. It was crazy. You'll see a lot of people on the island have a tattoo. It's the, oh, it's wow. the fist, it's the palm tree, and it's the sledgehammer. It's the rebuilding and the knocking down. And that was what a lot of us got to say, we were here, we did this, we lived through it, we put it back together, and we're back open for business. I think it's just another example of the um, the amazing community that is on Gilly Turangan. Um, and I mean, you can hear the emotion in his voice when he's talking about this. I mean, it must have been a horrific time. I don't remember seeing it, do you, on the news? I do. I do remember seeing it. I don't remember reading much detail about it. Mm-hmm. I suppose at that point we hadn't really planned to go to Lombok. In fact, we hadn't planned to go to Lombok at all. We went to Bali for potentially like a month, um, and we ended up leaving after about three days and going to Lombok, I remember you telling me, I found this island, it's, on, it's called Lombok, it's over here, should we have a look? I'm like, yeah, all right then. Yeah, let's just go for the weekend. We never came back. No, no. I mean, I'm sorry people who like Bali, and I'm sorry all the Balinese, but the place we stayed in Ubud and also Kang, Changu, neither of those two tickled our pickle. Um, there no. was a lot of sort of... Um, <laughs> it depends what, it, what, you, what you like. I think that's right. You know, if you want to surf, if you want to feel what it's like to live in Melbourne mm-hmm. then you know Bali's a really good choice and that's no disrespect to Bali it's a, it, all, all Australians mm-hmm. um, it's a cool place it just didn't we didn't vibe with it no and I think the good news is if you have been to Bali and felt the same try Lombok try the Gillies yeah um, yeah see what you think and if you do love Bali great keep going Beautiful. Yeah, I think we're probably just, certainly I'm too old. I'm 45, 44, and I'm not, I, you know, everyone there, I could have been their dad because uh, they were all there building businesses and wearing sort of skinny T-shirts and stuff, and there's me being old in the corner. So that had an, that had an impact, I think, as well. Sure, yeah. But, um, but and I think, again, you know, it's so important, which is why when we, you know, we, we changed Thravelers to a sideways life, it's, you know, it's the three pillars that make any life worth living, but particularly one that is a little less conventional. It's about having work you're passionate about. It's about doing it in a place or being able to travel to places that, that you fall in love with um, and being part of a community that is that is inspiring and something bigger than you. And I mm-hmm. think um, we felt that, um, you know, in Lombok and, and Gilly Tea, the, the friendliness, the warmth of the community. And I think that's really important. Great. Have you got any more from uh, Tommy and Catherine? Well, if you want to go back and listen to the full episode, uh, you will hear a couple more things there that we've not talked about today. Um, They talk a little bit more about what it's like to be an expat, what an expat life is like in that part of the world. And if you are burning to know the answer to the question, is rum the next gin, (laughs) then jump to about 8 minutes 17 and you'll hear the answer to that. Brilliant. Okay, I think it's that everything for today yeah that's our that's our throwback to our uh, interview with tommy and Catherine and spending some time on gilly Chuangan. um and hopefully if uh, if anyone is aspiring to to live a similar expat life we've given you some ideas yeah so uh, it's possible and uh, even through earthquakes and we've spoke to him recently actually um and uh, uh, and he did say that um, the 
the pandemic has obviously affected business massively, but everyone's still pulling together on the island and they're doing the very best they can. And he says that he's well and looking forward to opening up for business again. So mm-hmm. um, so if you are going that way, make sure you go to Gili Trawangan and you go to the Tiki Grove because it is a, such a fantastic place. Oh, and get the um, fish tacos. Oh, my God. We haven't even talked about the food in Tiki oh, Grove. So amazing. Fish tacos and get him, get Timmy, Timmy, why have I said Timmy? Sorry, get Tommy to, to pick out a rum for you. Uh, there's a couple he recommends that are neat and they are lovely. Definitely. And if you want to have a little sneak peek at the menus, you will find them on their Facebook page, which is Tiki Grove Dash Dilly Trawangan. Brilliant. Okay, so I think that's all for Oh, they're now. on Instagram as well. Oh, are they? Yeah. As Tiki Grove? Or? Tiki Grove, yeah. Uh, mm, yeah, yeah. We'll put a link to it. Yeah, I think it's Tiki Grove. Talking of links then, we have a new website called asidewayslife.com. Uh, we're going to put this uh, podcast and all of the links we talked about on there. Uh, so you just go to asidewayslife.com and you should be able to see a link to the podcasts. And that will uh, and that will have all the links we talked about today. Um, you you have a plea, don't you? Or a, or a, a question or a request? Around reviews. If you're looking for something to do, mm. if you've got a spare 10 minutes, mm-hmm. maybe you're waiting for someone to get out of the shower, mm-hmm. you're waiting for, you know, you've got a slow boiling kettle and you're waiting mm. for it to boil. You know, if your washing machine is on its final spin and there's no point going back to what you were doing because mm. in three minutes you're going to have to come back down and and empty it, then why not leave a review on a Sideways Life podcast? Um, a nice one, if that's okay. Um, if you've not enjoyed listening to this, then... I'd just wait for your washing machine to finish. Yeah, I wouldn't bother doing leaving no. a review. No, no, no. So you need to go to iTunes and leave a review there. Make it as positive. Make it uh, well, if you can. Please make it positive, and uh, don't just go. It was good. Please put a couple of sentences on there. What you liked. Um, and subscribe and make sure that you download the next episodes because we've got some really, really good ones coming up, uh, which we're really, really proud of. So uh, we'd love to have you here as a listener. Love to. So I think that's all for today, isn't it? Yeah. Do we need to talk about who we're chatting to next week? Uh, no. Okay. Because then. it's not finalised yet. Then I think we're done here. <laughs> Bye, everyone. Bye. probably confirm them couldn't shouldn't i maybe where are they penciled in for can't remember you should probably look it out i should look into that you're not in, you're not in charge of booking people in i know why did you let me do that i didn't you went rogue